What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Adjusting the Will podcast. Will, what's up, man? What's going on, man? How you feeling today? I can't complain. We are here to talk football, all things football. But first and foremost, man, we got to uh, talk about something real quick. Let's lay the groundwork. Let's lay the groundwork for you being a Patriot fan, man. What's going on with that? Let's go. What's your question? How you feel about that? You know, I I caught some flack. You know, people was looking at the cover art like, what's what's going on? What's making you sit down with a Pats fan? I'm like, look, man, I got a lot of respect for Will, man. He know football, but you know what? I'm going to let you explain it to them. All right. First of all, they got to let the hurt go. Let's start there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Let's start there. Let that hurt go. It's... It's okay. But no, all jokes to the side. My first encounter with the Patriots more so was that Super Bowl against the greatest show on turf. That was really when I got, I was old enough to really understand the game and what was going on as far as the underdog aspect of it. 2001. Yeah. I was 10 at that time. Okay. So from there forth, you know, at that time we didn't have the direct TVs with, where you could get all their games. So once we got through that, then I maybe, I'm going to say for sure when it was like, okay, when Randy got there. Okay. That Tennessee game, 59 nothing in the snow. Yep. I said, oh, yeah. I mean, the season didn't end the way I wanted, but. <laughs> I, you know <laughs> what? I still hurt. Ironic enough, being where we from, uh, I remember my first game, first game I ever went to, first Raven game, that is, because uh, before we had the Ravens, we had the. The Stallions, um, the CFL team. But the first uh, first ever Raven game I went to, October 1997, we played the Patriots, okay. ironic enough. So, okay. you know. I, it's coming full circle. Coming full circle, <laughs> baby. Coming full it's circle. Coming full circle. But look, man, let's get straight into it. This is the first installment. This is kickoff for us. Uh, you know, let's dive into what took place yesterday. A little recap of these games. Um Steelers beat the Falcons. Yeah. Um, you know. They kept been too long there. Yeah. You know. They kept been too long. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still on the Chicago Bears. He owned Green Bay too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lions. Lions beat the Jaguars. Jaguars had that emotional win against us last week. They kind of fell flat this week. Um, I think I think a lot of teams are still looking at the Lions as the Lions. You know what I mean? They sleeping on them. They sleeping on them. They sleeping but they on got them. an offense over there. Yeah, they got they can it, put yeah. up points. They can. And then uh, the receiver came back, Jameson Williams. He came back. I don't, I don't think he. I don't think he had any. Um, no, but I'm just saying. Yeah, they, he's back. The offense is yeah. getting stronger. It's getting you know stronger. what I mean? So Absolutely. you can't keep. That's no longer the team where you look on your schedule and say, "Yeah, that's a win." Yeah, because they can come in your house and <laughs> and get you and out. They of play there. real, real well, well, real well at home. Yeah, definitely. Extremely well at home. Definitely. Uh, Commanders Giants played to a tie. NFC East tough. That's a that's tough. It's tough. That's tough. I think I think uh, right now you got four teams they that could are all in the really playoffs. Yeah, you know. But I I feel like one of these teams, the Commanders or the Giants, are going to get bounced out because you got to think they still have a lot of divisional games left, even though it's only five weeks left. That was why that uh, that change happened to the Sunday night game. Oh, absolutely. Because that's going to be a major game. Major. That's going to decide a lot right there for that, for that whole division. Um, Eagles-Titans, A.J. Green putting in that work against his former team. A dog. Absolute a dog. dog. Devontae Smith looked good, too. Yeah. Devontae yeah. Smith looked yeah. good, too. I, everything opened up for him when A.J. came. Jalen Hurts my MVP so far this year. I agree. I agree. But the thing is, I don't think his passing numbers, 
his stats passing wise, it's gonna get it for him. Cause Mahomes is going crazy. Yeah, but do you think do you think Mahomes is gonna start to fall into the LeBron Brady acts where he should get it every year, but he's not? No, because you you got to beat the teams when it matters. You didn't beat you didn't beat Cincinnati yesterday. Let's touch on that game. Okay, I mean they haven't beat them. If you think about it, since Joe Chiefs since are Joe owned been by, quarterback. by yeah. Joe Burrow. Yeah, since Joe been their quarterback, they haven't beat him. Have not beaten him. Uh, Seahawks but, Rams. Rams are depleted. I think I think I think the Rams still you know they still they content now. A lot of them vets over there they content. Yeah. They got that win. They got that Super Bowl. I think they done. I don't really think Aaron wanted to come back, but they gave him that money, so right he came back. Raiders Chargers, Devontae Adams, best receiver in the game right now. It's been like that for a while. You see what's going on in Green Bay. <laughs> it's been like that for a while. You yeah. see what happens when you don't have a, a, a number one, a yeah. bona fide. Yeah. Uh, 49ers, Dolphins, um, teacher beating his pupil. And Tua did not look good. Um, you could tell he was rattled by that by that pass rush of what, the 49ers. What pressure does? It's going to bust pipes and make diamonds. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Absolutely. I mean, you know, any time it comes to Miami, I look at them like the old school dome teams. Get them out that comfortability. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get them out of that 75, 80 degrees and take your chances. Yeah, no doubt. Take your chances. Uh, Indianapolis, Dallas. <laughs> we're gonna touch on so, Jeff Saturday in a minute, but yeah, um I mean it showed. Yeah. The inexperience showed. Yeah. It showed. He couldn't he couldn't he couldn't rally the troops in that fourth. Nah. He couldn't. Uh let's 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 talk about uh <laughs> let's talk about this Cleveland Texans, uh Houston Texans game. Oh man, box what office. Angle? What angle you want to start with? Oh, oh Hollywood. Friend. Yeah, first you got you gotta go with the <laughs> fact so that yeah, it's, it's all it's, my children. Man, look, <laughs> look. Uh, Goodell knew exactly what he was doing when he realized he couldn't get that that year suspension. Yeah, indefinite. Um, yeah. So I'm surprised this game wasn't national televised. But you know, then again, I'm being sarcastic when I say that. But, I believe uh, it. But yeah, Deshaun, the rush show. Okay. Um, my thing is with the offense too. Um, we we got to start speaking on Kevin Stefanski and. His job security. Okay. Um, I know we, you know, we touched on this before about how, in order for him to maintain his job, first and foremost, uh, I think they'll give him at least another year yeah. to see how yeah. things gel with Deshaun. But when you have a stout running back, okay, one of the best running backs in the league, okay, and then you have who's uh, better? Who running back? You said one of the one of the best. Who would you take? Over, the Nick Chubb right now, the way he runs that ball, the way he runs the ball. I mean, not too many running backs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you like I said, like you got to throw JT in there. You got to throw Jonathan Taylor in there. Of course. Uh, outside of them two, it, as far as ground and pound and yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah, the league got so finessed. That's why I asked. You know what I mean? Yeah, those bruises. It's hard to find them now. But if you look, you look at the you look at the disparity of run the pass in that particular offense. Okay. That offense is built for so, them to run the ball. Yeah. Um with Deshaun Watson not being as uh loose. what's the word I'm loose. Yeah, he you could tell he was tight, mm -hmm. but at the same time you have to give him the ability 
or give him the option to feel comfortable in that offense by running the ball. Right. Um, as rusty as he looked, I thought they would run the ball more. Okay. But, you know, they didn't do anything on offense. The score is very misleading because they scored, you know, two yeah, defensive it was a lot, touchdowns. Yeah, and, yeah. Those, it's a lot of that that you can't expect every week. Right. I'll give you that for sure. So my, my outlook on that game was more so it was definitely soap opera-ish. For sure. Because you know... Senate, you know, Houston, that was the center of everything that, you know, led to his demise for real. Right. So for that to be his first game back, then he had some of the women at the game. I think it was maybe 10 of them at the game. Yeah, from what I heard, had the sweet, the lawyer bought the sweet. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, it, that, that's a lot of mental games being played in my Absolutely. Opinion. It's a lot of mental gymnastics going that's, on. With that's that. his first game in almost two years. Yeah. And then that was his first game at the, at the last stadium he played in. Exactly. The first game he played in. Where that stadium, that form, that team, he once played for. Yeah, yeah. Um, he gave them the best years they had. Yeah. Besides, yeah. The, you know, the Arian Foster years. But I think as, as time progresses, uh, you know, with a few games left, I think uh, Deshaun will be fine. I think the stigma of, you know, what took place, what led to him being um, suspended, uh, suspended yeah. will definitely stick with him for a oh, while. It's, it's, no, it's, no, it's that's, not, that's with him for the rest of his career. Yeah. You got to think about Ray. With his situation. Yeah, they still Then with yeah. his situation. Yeah. You know, when you go to these places, like, they trying to get in your head on the road. Yep. They trying to get in your head. So, as far as the uh, Stefanski part of it, how short is his leash next year, in your opinion? Do you think it's short, or do you think they're going to have some understanding? They'll definitely have... Well, it depends on how they start. Okay. Um, If they start fast... And finish slow. Let's say they, you know, they don't make the playoffs. I think um, that hurts. It hurts, but they they probably could make a change at the end of that year. But mm -hmm. I, I I feel like they'll give them at least the full year next year. Okay. So I know that's your division. So you know I gotta 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 play with you a little bit with this. If it works, where do you see them in the division? With that team, if it works with that quarterback, where do you see them? And as far as the the hierarchy of the division. Where do you see Cleveland? So <clears throat> it depends on what happens with the Ravens and the and uh the Lamar Jackson situation. Okay. Um, Cleveland, you know, Mike Tomlin is, is always gonna have Pittsburgh playing tough. Yeah. No matter yeah. the circumstances. Yeah. Um, and then they always play tough within the division. They yeah, always that's, beat that's, up that's on each always. other. So right now, the trajectory for Cleveland is headed in the right direction. But even with the Ravens leading the division right now mm -hmm. by, by way of the tiebreaker over Cincinnati, okay, Cincinnati is still the team to beat in that division. Okay, that's Cleveland fair. has Cincinnati's number, though, right now. Doesn't it seem that way? They have Cincinnati. Now, granted, when they played earlier in the season, um, Cincinnati didn't have Jamal Chase when they played in Cleveland. And, and that was early in the season, right? That was a few weeks ago. I want to say like three weeks ago. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like yeah, three yeah, weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I think it might have been the first game that Jamal had missed. Yeah, um, yeah. it but, was. But as far but as far as their trajectory, um, I think it's, it's definitely headed in a direction where you can look forward to, you know, some good football some coming good out football of Cleveland. Some good football coming out of Cleveland. Yeah, um, I agree. But we talked about my division. Let's touch on... Let's that go Thursday ahead. night football game, Buffalo, New England. You got it. Look, talk to us. What's really going on in New England? All right, so 
my, from being a fan, like I'm a, anybody from our city that knows me, they know like I'm a real Patriot fan. Right. So when it comes to the coaching aspect of it, he has he hasn't adapted to the times. He still believes that defense and scheme will win the games. Right. I don't. This it's is evi- not that it's, it's evident by the players he drafts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't want. He doesn't want a bona fide number one. Right. He wants a piece that fits the system. Do what, just do your job, and we can get it done. What I'm noticing too is that Bill Belichick has always been an an intellectual coach. Mm-hmm. He looks for players to possess a certain IQ. That's why he drafts the way he drafts. What I'm seeing now, especially with these modern day players, and we we spoke on this, yeah, in terms of why the they no longer the have the wonder lick test, yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're seeing players who. They brought they run game tonight. Yeah, we're watching the Monday night football game live. Um, we 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 talked about how players seem not to possess the intellect to be able to uh not only play but adapt to certain schemes. Okay, uh, so let's touch on that because we don't want the viewers to feel as though we're when we say intellect, we're saying that they lack it. Right, right. We're saying that I, I think it's more so situational football. Right, awareness, it's, situational football, you, you situational know I mean? awareness, understanding the moment in the game. Like the, the the thing about football is football is one of those sports where you have to trust your instincts, especially on defense. Okay. So if you know, like, of course you want to play within the scheme, mm-hmm. right? But when you play a team like a Kansas City or even a Baltimore, because we always talk about how Mark Andrews always seems to be open, yeah. right? If you and he's know, like a four nine, I don't see. You, <laughs> I don't see how he's always open. It, it, if it burns you know, me. and and as funny as as basic as the Ravens' offense, and we'll we'll touch on that too. But mm-hmm. as basic as their offense is, mm-hmm. find Mark Andrews, find him. You saw what Buffalo did in in week what was that week four of the season? Okay, they doubled him. Mm-hmm. Right? They mm-hmm. they had a I think it was either Taron Johnson mm-hmm. or. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds on I think him. it was Edmonds and then they had a safety, safety over top. top Yeah, that took away the game plan completely and we've had multiple conversations where I've said to you like how aren't these coaches saying listen when it comes to the Ravens listen if you're gonna beat me it won't be 89 ego and pride I don't understand it ego and pride whenever a play needs to be made if he can't run he's fine at 89 ego and pride. These so that, coaches, nope, my scheme works. Yeah. And it's going to work against whatever they throw at us. Yeah. And that and that goes back to your original question about New England. It gets no more prideful than a man that's won six Super Bowls as a head coach, eight as a head coach and a coordinator, coaching the best to ever do it, Lawrence Taylor. You know what I mean? He but feels as though it's his. But it's let's his di- but, but let's dissect it even more. Okay. Right? Let's go back to, what, 2015, 2016? Okay. Let's go back to 2015-2016. Um, okay. You had Brady, mm-hmm. you had Garoppolo, mm-hmm. and you had Brissett, right? Mm-hmm. So conspiracy theory would tell you what? What happened during that year? Conspiracy theory? Mm-hmm. Are you talking as far as Tom Brady Belichick wanting to get rid of him? Absolutely. So, 
his philosophy is what they say all coaches go by, but we know that's not true. I read to get rid of you a year early than a year late. Right. So in a perfect world, he wanted to trade Tom and keep Jimmy. He knows the system. He runs it pretty good. We saying that from the suspension. Right. When Brady was suspended right. from the deflate gate. For right. the deflate gate situation. Right. He went undefeated. And the games that he played, he got injured in the fourth, the third game. And Brissett came and in. And Brissett right. came in and won against the Colts the following week. Right. So that was his plan. Like, I think in a perfect world, if he could have had it his way, he would have got rid of Tom and kept Jimmy. I mean, we see what Jimmy does. When he plays, he wins. Right. So I can't Regardless say. Regardless of the stats. Right? I, I exactly. can't say. Because you got to understand. When people look at Tom Brady, they see this Brady. Right. You understand what I'm saying? They, they see don't the remember. Goal. They don't remember the Brady. They from, forgot the game manager. Exactly. They forgot the Super Bowl when John Madden said, "Let's get ready for overtime." Right. They forgot that. One. Right. And so they you, you know what I mean? All we remember exactly. is what's fresh in our mind. But right. Jimmy could have been the game manager and developed. That was his plan. But you know, Tom went to the big man and got him traded. And I think that was the end of the longevity. You understand what I'm saying? Because, yeah, they went to win two more Super Bowls after that. They won 16 and 18 after that. Right. So in the short term, yeah, you got Super Bowls. But it's a marathon, not a sprint. Because now you're in a situation where when he left us, what he left us with? The cover was bare. We had so much dead money. We couldn't get anybody the year we had Cam. We know that wasn't. Cam doesn't so, fit that scheme. So let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Because you mentioned before that the year after... Brady left. That was the first was 2020, right? 2020. Yeah, that was. That you was felt the like they game. were going through a rebuild, right? Yeah, because I I felt as though we was going through a rebuild because nobody believed that Cam was the answer in New England. Right. He and doesn't you, fit the scheme. You still had a lot of dead money on. We the had books. a lot of dead money on the books. That's the why the following deal. year we spent all that money. Right. You know what I mean? And if you think about it. He lost his job to a rookie. I wouldn't say lost his job, but the offense, he fits the offensive scheme more with Mac than with Cam. Right. Cam is not accurate enough, isn't precise enough to run a New England offense. Right. So I knew that was just a placeholder. Right. But let's stay on Jimmy G and Brady for a second, right? Okay. So going back to them going through the rebuild, right? Mm -hmm. Bill Belichick comes off as a coach to me who looks ahead. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily playing in the moment because – if you think about it, <clears throat> we saw we saw how Mac Jones was reacting on the sidelines during the Thursday night game. Yeah. Most of us don't understand why he has a defensive coordinator calling offensive plays. Speak to that. All right, this is this is my thought process on it. I honestly feel like he didn't hire an offensive coordinator because he's expecting Josh McDaniels to come back home. We right. see how that's looking in Vegas. But once, see, and this is what I mean about him looking ahead, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Josh McDaniels has left the Patriots before to become a head coach. Right. Right? Didn't pan out for him. He but comes, we had Bill O'Brien at that time. Remember, he got promoted. Right. But but eventually, Josh McDaniels- Came back. He comes back home. Mm -hmm. He grabs another head coaching job. He gets, he gets hired in Vegas, mm -hmm. right? What's Bill's thought process during that time? Does, is Bill thinking- Josh is an offensive-minded guy. He's going to focus on offense. 
He but, doesn't understand the team building. Concept. But he's not going to yeah touch focus. on everything else. Exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to focus all of his energy on the team as a whole. He might not ever say it. Bill might not. You know, we can't get him to say nothing. Right. But in the back of his mind, he knows his, you know, his coordinators. He know them. So he knows his strengths, his weaknesses. You know what I mean? What he's good at, what he's not good at. And a lot of times when the coordinators leave New England, they don't want to be themselves. They want to be, be Bill. Bill. They want to be Bill. And it doesn't work because you're not Bill. And you got to understand, you don't have Tom. Because that's the piece that kept everything together. That's the glue piece was Tom. Right. So if we go if we go next level thinking, I felt like he was waiting for Josh, but he really wanted to get Bill from Alabama, Bill O'Brien. Okay. You know what I mean? But you got to remember he had just got to Alabama because Dayball just got the job in in New York. In New York, right. So I'm not going to go down there and deal in touch with what Nick got, Nick Saban got because you know they they best friends. Right. He just said I think Bill looked at this year as a part of the rebuilding. You understand what I'm saying? Because okay. the whole offense, the whole coaching staff is defensive minded. Right. Joe Judge was defense special teams. But but going back to the whole rebuild situation, speak speak to them. You you saying that you think that they were going through a rebuild, but they made the playoffs last year, right? Mm-hmm. So how does that affect the rest of the team in terms of what they're expecting out of the season by being competitive. If we could put all 53, everybody in the organization on a lot of technical tests from last year, nobody expected to make the playoffs. It was a lot of games that we won that I could, I watched the games. I'm not a biased fan. I'm not delusional. You understand what I'm saying? Right. It's games that we won that we wasn't supposed to win. Okay. And everybody else was adapting to, you know, the the new year. Right. And we and we snuck in. But when we got in, what happened? It shows you don't belong. You understand what I'm saying? And styles make fights. We didn't I knew we didn't stand a chance last year in Buffalo. Right. Especially after the game where Where we ran you, the ball exactly. all the times. And you what threw it three times? Come on. Two or three times? Come on. Yeah, that wasn't gonna happen. That again. wasn't gonna happen again. And well, what did he have to throw to? Kendrick Bourne? Nelson right. Aguilar? Right. You understand what I'm saying? That's what I mean by he looks so deep into the system. He feels as though you can have twos and threes masquerading as ones and twos and get to the end goal. That's not how that... That, that time with coaching and scheming won the games, that's over with. It's athletes. It's studs all across the field. Back in the day, well, back in the day, like I'm old, but the older, the older era of football, right. it was maybe three, four receivers that was bona fide stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. Throughout the year, yep. now you look at it. Let's look at the divisions. <laughs> I mean, your they division everywhere. alone. I mean, we we can speak to Buffalo. We'll talk about them in a second. Mm-hmm. You got Stephon Diggs. You got Gabe Davis, who's a solid two. Yeah. You looking at the Jets? You see Garrett Wilson coming into his own as a rookie. Yeah. Uh, and Miami got two ones. <laughs> and y'all got team. tight ends. It's a track team. It's a track team. So let's 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 talk about Buffalo for a second. <clears throat> we seeing the changing changing of the guard in the AFC East, right? I disagree. Yeah, I disagree. See, this is my thing. I don't understand how you could terrorize a team 
in your division for 15 plus years and they go on a two year run and it's a changing of the guard. They haven't won anything. But in terms of the division itself, not oh, necessarily okay. a changing of the guard in the conference. Okay, so let me ask you this. If Miami beats them this year, is that is that a changing of the guard? If Miami beats Buffalo? Buffalo. If, if they Mi win the division, is that a changing of the guard from well, the last changing of years? a changing of the guard, not not specifically meant not specifically stating that it's it's moving in the direction of Buffalo taking over, but just a changing in the guard Where in New terms England of New so England ran it so exactly because now the Jets are competitive, mm -hmm. right? Um, Miami's going to be Miami's always been competitive, mm -hmm. even though the record may not, you know, the record may speak otherwise when we look at what they've done throughout the years. Miami has always been competitive, competitive. against New England. I mean, right? you think about it; it's the same thing as the as the North. We're gonna beat up on each other. You know what I mean? We're going to beat up on each other. But no, I definitely I definitely agree with you, with what you're saying, because I look at it like we've had this conversation. Every team in that division built their teams to beat us. Hey, yep. You understand what I'm yep. saying? Yep. And if you look at the way their offenses are designed, we can't play man against them because we don't have a bona fide stud corn anymore. Well, not only one. that, we speak, we speak to Bill's direction in terms of where he goes with the draft. Um, he, again, as far as the intellect, he likes players who understand the game, yeah. who could break down the game. Yeah, you got you got But at you the gotta same time, to, you got to be able to study. But at, but at the same gotcha. time, we're looking at how fast and quick a Miami is. Yeah. How mm -hmm. skilled a Buffalo team yeah. is. Bill likes to draft players who are very smart. But they might not, not possess athletic. exactly. Not so athletic. now, when you have, because one of the things I always appreciated about New England, especially on defense, okay. that linebackers were smart. Yeah, smart from Brewski mm -hmm. to Collins. Yeah, Vrabel, they all yeah smart. Yeah, yeah. But McGinnis, now, yeah. now you have tight ends running four fours, four fives. Linebacker, and now linebackers are running five flats. Can't keep up with that because he. Do you see his scheme is to have the big thudding linebackers to stop the run right but when you put them in space if you look at all of the games they're never not where they're supposed to be even till this day when they're going against the fast teams they're never not where they're supposed to be that's the intellect that's understanding the game plan yep that's understanding the scheme yep but you're not athletic enough to make the plays a prime example of that we talked about the minnesota game they were in position so many times to change their game. But they had a bona fide stud in Jefferson. And we had a slot corner playing number one. Yeah. Jonathan Jones. It'll never work. Yeah. It'll never work. So that's what's frustrating to me because I seen, and it kills me because you see Nick Saban changed in Alabama. Right. He never believed he needed a quarterback. He never believed he needed the bona fide receivers. He will run you into the ground and beat you up on defense. That's what New England believes. But see, Nick adjusted to the times. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at play uh, coaches like Pete Curl, uh, players coach, players coach. Yeah, Bill Belichick has never been a players coach. But it's as you alluded to, as you alluded to before, that's what Brady was there for. Yeah, yeah. You know, Brady held it together. Brady was always speaking at the press conferences. 
Um, and he was allowed, he allowed Bill to treat him like everybody else. Even though when he left, we found out he didn't like it. Right. But due to the fact that he allowed it, if he could talk to Tom like that, who are you? And that's how the players looked at it. Yep. If he talks to him like that, who am I? So they fell in line. Now that he's gone, you're seeing a lot of different opinions coming out of New England. They get in front of that mic and they say things a New England team would never say. Never. Never. They questioning the coaching. They question the direction. You understand what I'm saying? Those are things that would have never happened in a Tom Brady team. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. All right, man. Let me snatch some of this uh, frustration away from you. Let's, let's talk about this uh, this Ravens Denver game yesterday. Oh man! So uh, Lamar gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and some would theorize that Lamar shouldn't play the rest of the season. I felt as though he shouldn't have played from the beginning. I felt yeah, as but he Lamar Lamar's too competitive not to and and want to play. And that's what the Ravens know. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? They used they used his fire against him. Now, my thing is, with this entire situation, some, some would say the Ravens are deliberately trying to sabotage Lamar Jackson. I disagree with that. But I do feel that the Ravens see something that a lot of us can't in Lamar Jackson. I see it. Le- <laughs> <laughs> we done had these talks. I see it. But, but, but hold on, though. Mm-hmm. Because, all right, no, I'm going to let you speak on it. And then I'll acquiesce. So... From our first ever conversation, I told you I don't believe that the Ravens believe in Lamar Jackson. And we we went back and forth about it because you was very, you know, headstrong and adamant about, no, he just doesn't have enough. So I said, okay, let's play this out. But every time he misses a game and Huntley plays, the offense opens up. So so let me say this. Mm -hmm. Like I told you before. The type of player Lamar is, mm-hmm. I feel like the Ravens do believe in Lamar in terms of his competitive nature, his ability to lead the team, mm-hmm. his character, mm-hmm. right? In terms of them not believing in him because of his skill set and not being the prototypical quarterback, that I disagree with. Okay. Right? Okay. But then, wow. I, but I, but then I also said to you, I think... We can see it. Lamar gets in his own head. He gets his he gets in his own way. You see how fast he starts in the beginning of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Then he slowly regresses. Mm-hmm. Why why is he regressing? Now some would say this year is because of the contract, right? But he's from the last four years, because this is his fifth year, his game is relatively the same. He just doesn't run as much this year, which I feel as though is because of the contract. I feel like certain plays that certain plays, Lamar has definitely left plays on the field. He's still almost 800 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, going back to the, the the trust factor or the belief factor mm-hmm. that you spoke on, um, I think that. When you look at when you look at Lamar versus Huntley, and you see how even yesterday's game, mm-hmm. some would say, "Oh, the offense opened up a little bit." Mm-hmm. At the same time, the offense still didn't move the but way we would like first, to see it. Move. That was his first now, game time of the year. Sure, sure. But my thing is, 
Huntley seems to have a better read on getting through his progressions. That's one of the things I've seen Huntley versus Lamar. When I see, when you go to the games, because, you know, TVs, when you're watching on TV, can obstruct your view from being able to see how a player's what's development, really going on, yeah. what's really going on. Right. And then, you know, when you go to a game, when you watch replays, then then you're seeing that with the Ravens' offense, their passing concepts, yeah. you're only seeing two routes. And what I think, I think the Ravens believe in Lamar's skill set, but sometimes it's that... It goes back to the intellect. How fast can you re- process? How process fast can you process the play? How fast can mm-hmm. you process what's going on in front of you? Okay. Not only that, though, too, mm-hmm. when you think about how slow they get to the line. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When the clock, you you got to get that play in quicker, right? Seconds. Yeah. You're lining up and you got 10 seconds left. You can't read the defense the way you want without sending the guy in motion and, they, and they having him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the thing, the difference that I'm seeing with Lamar versus Huntley, Huntley is a is a is a good backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. He is not Lamar Jackson. Athletically, he is not Lamar Jackson. Athletically, but his ability to pro- his ability to process a play as quickly as quickly as he does to me, that's why you see the playbook. Opened up a little bit yesterday. Okay, so let me ask you a question about that. What's one of the most important things a quarterback has to be able to do? He has to process the play. He has to get through his reads. He has to get through his routes. And if he has to, as a quarterback, Mm -hmm. quarterbacks have to process information faster than anybody on the field. On the field. Mm -hmm. In sports. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. So when we look at Lamar, and you you could talk about... Rhythm. Sometimes mm-hmm. you could you could talk about cadence. Mm-hmm. You could talk about uh, whether or not Roman is opening up the playbook, playbook. like he should. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could talk about uh, the injuries or lack of player development with the receivers that they draft. Um, you could speak on all of that, but in order for him to command the type of attention that we know he's going to get. Mm-hmm. Lamar has to make his receivers better. Right. But at the same time, and this is why I spoke on this yesterday about Greg Roman. Okay. Greg Roman is definitely holding his offense back. But but, but why do you think <clears throat> that though? If you he, look if, if you look at the passing concepts, mm-hmm. for one, his his offense is very vanilla. Even down to the running game now. Like we know certain players are hurt, right? We know your start left tackle is out. Um we know that J.K. Dobbins isn't isn't in, and yeah. Gus Edwards is not a hundred percent right. The Ravens still rushed for a lot of yards last year, considering the fact that neither one of those running backs played. Played, yeah. But teams are starting to catch on and starting to be more equipped and prepared for the RPO scheme. Yeah. As an offensive coordinator, you got to be able to adapt. You got to be able to adjust. But I can only do what my players can handle. Sure, I can't give you. But you the know whole what Lamar can do. If you can't handle the whole playbook, and that speak well to me. That speaks to, again, that speaks to Lamar and his That's ability, what I'm right? But what, but what I'm also saying is, we've seen him open up the playbook, and we've seen how well Lamar can do when he opens up the playbook until then, things go off script. So, what do you I mean by at, off script? When I look at a quarterback, right, the play that has to be made. Throwing the ball 
You have to make it. I don't care. You can run for 200 yards. The game is going to come down to a throw. One way or another, you're going to have to make a throw to either finish the game, put yourself in position to win the game, or to keep a team from getting the ball. You understand what I'm saying? And watching the Ravens, he never makes that pass. He never makes that play passing. When me and you talk, I always well, say what? Me, oh, he's going to run. Let me play, when everything let me, hits the let fan, me play, Lamar's going to play devil's run. advocate. This year, we've seen him try to stay in the pocket a little longer, right? Mm-hmm. Even with the game last week against the Jaguars, mm-hmm. Lamar was, according to PFF, and we'll speak on PFF, <laughs> yeah. Lamar was the high, highest rated quarterback. Mm-hmm. Lamar, if you take away the 10 drops, right? Mm-hmm. He was, what, 16 to 32 250, 254, somewhere around that. Right. You take away the 10 drops, he had two touchdown passes that would drop, right? Mm-hmm. Lamar can be efficient when he's on his game. We we've when also, everything is but we've also that's what I seen mean. but 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 it to me it speaks to the play calling. Because you got to you got to be able to get your quarterback and the rest of your team in, in a rhythm. If you we've seen games where um we've seen games where they've come out and they try to throw a lot, right? Okay. And then in the second half, they go to the run. To the run game. Right? Or they come out running, and then they try to pass first, second, third down on the next drive. Right. You got to get your team in a rhythm. But if I'm if I'm trying these things in practice. But are you, though? I would think so, because if if it, if it's the way you, like, the way you, it's, you make it, you simplifying it. You know what I mean? You should be. Right. But if he can't, I'm not, okay, if you're my quarterback. And I see that you're not accurate throwing the ball deep outside the numbers. Why would I, if I see that in practice, why would I go into a game and say, Justin, I'm going to put this offensive game plan is for you to throw the ball deep and outside the numbers. That's not what you're good at. So I feel as though Greg Roman is giving Lamar what he can handle based off what he's good at as far as his, his skills. Because the offense that he's running, they ran that in San Francisco with Colin. But I've also seen when and the, you look and the at, passing tree was different. When you when you look at the difference from the start of the year to now, to the last four or five weeks, the offense doesn't look the same. Now, granted, Rashad Bateman got injured. Got injured. Mm-hmm. He's out. Even when Hollywood Brown was here, mm-hmm. you look at you go back to 2019, they had that downfield presence, right? Mm-hmm. You look at how well he threw the ball downfield in 2019. But they versus, were, in 2019. We were preparing to stop the run, so the pass is going to be open. The game right. plan was to stop y'all run game. But he did the same. Well, twenty twenty, he played well throwing down the field. That most quarterbacks, you look at a lot of quarterbacks, downfield percentages are not going to be as high as short and yeah, yeah you know, yeah. medium to to intermediate routes. Right? right now, we've seen Lamar miss some throws downfield. Sure, that needs to be made. But at, the same, but at the same plays. time, I go back to – you're, you're right. <laughs> the the first drive in the Jacksonville game, yeah. right, he missed a wide open DeMarcus Robinson. DeMarcus Robinson. Right? Yeah. I give you that. But at the same time, like I said, it speaks to him, Greg Roman, getting the team in a rhythm. Okay. Now, if Lamar had hit that – It's a different game. It's a different game. A totally different And the game. playbook may open up vastly, okay. right? Okay. But, okay, he don't hit it. All right, cool. Don't give up on them. Mm-hmm. But that's why I say they don't believe. Because first of all, let's 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 bring this all the way back. 
If they felt as though he was who they wanted him to be, if they, if they felt as though he was their quarterback, he would have got his deal done in the third year. But I'll I'll speak to this. That's the, what always the Ravens. Happens. The Ravens have always been that type of team, especially on offense, mm -hmm. where they're not getting, unless he's a, a offensive lineman. Mm -hmm. He's they're not they're not willing not willing I'm, I don't want to say willing they're not eager to hand out contracts as it, fast it as some of the other teams defensively do. they will that's what I'm saying defensively, yeah, defensively sure they but will. offensively yeah, they ain't gonna lose they they're not gonna do that because because that goes to philosophy of the organization absolutely absolutely that's a run that's a run based defensive based team that's a run based defensive based organization but we got it but my thing is just like we spoke about Belichick we got to get hit with the times. This is this is more of a passing league now. Granted, you still need your running game, yeah. Especially during this time of the year, yeah. you still you you for sure one hundred percent need your run game, yeah. But the type of offense the Ravens run, they're not going to survive in the playoffs. They're not going to survive in the playoffs if everybody's not healthy. the the type of The type of offense that y'all run is built for the playoffs. It's built for. The weather, it's, the run it's game, built for, it, it's built for that. For sure. But you can't always, my thing with the Ravens is, the Ravens are not built to come back. Yeah, they got to have a lead. They have to have a lead. So when you look at teams like, you look at a team like Tennessee, right? Mm -hmm. They built the run. But where, where does that philosophy come from? They're built like a New England team. For sure. But what, I, but what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that, Prior to losing a AJ, yeah, you know AJ, AJ Brown. Brown. Yeah. Even last year, they went all in. They had AJ. They had Julio. Mm -hmm. You got two guys on the outside that you have to respect. And before Derrick Henry got hurt, we saw how he was running. Yeah. With yeah. the Ravens, I say this all the time. I like Rashad Bateman a lot, but he got put on weight. Yeah. He doesn't possess the physical. He he. To me, it's. I'm not afraid of him physically. Wasn't he injured coming into the, the, the NFL? I believe so. He he had a few injuries. So but even they say with, if you come in injured, you're going to leave injured. But even with Hollywood, Hollywood... That was a Lamar pick, though. For sure. But we know why that was a Lamar yeah. pick. Like, the Ravens wouldn't have picked him if but we, they didn't but have we, Lamar. At the end of the day, we know why yeah. it was a Lamar pick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But when you look at how these receivers are built in this offense... No, we need a AJ Brown. Yeah. We need someone yeah. who's more physical. Yeah. We need y'all need that Bolden again. Bolden. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. again, yeah. when you look at how this team is built and the type of offense they like to run, mm -hmm. it don't work. Okay. Now, again, we speak to how Mark Andrews is always getting open, but <laughs> That speaks to his intellect. his intellect. He knows where to sit in the zones. In the zones, he know when he manned up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we'll we'll talk a lot about the Ravens. But this right that? here, yeah. That was a play that needed to be made. And yeah. he know it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's plays, and this is early in the game. But if this game ends up 10 3, we're gonna come back to that play. But the thing is, see, the type of offense that Tampa runs, they can make up for that. The type of rate, the type of offense that the Ravens run, you get one shot, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. get one shot to make but, that play. So we're that, speaking on it. And that's watching because that. of the quarterback. Tom Brady just missed the throw downfield to Julio Jones by maybe a <laughs> yard or two. Uh, it was closer than that. Oh, I think seven. I think he uh 
he miscalculated uh, Julio being able to get the way he needed to be. Might might have thought he was a little fast. Yeah, you know Julio is, a little loose, a little old yeah. in the tooth now, man. Yeah, but look, man, let's um let's let's jump into uh, the New York Jets. <laughs> let's jump into the New York Ahmad. Jets. Let's jump into Ahmad. the New York Jets. Hey, look, how you feel about the players wearing uh Mike White T-shirts? It gives me Philly. It gives me Philly. Carson Wentz, Nick Foles. Remember, they put they built the whole shrine for Nick Foles. Yeah. That's what it gives me. It gives me that vibe where, and 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 I'm gonna go ahead with this. Think of the game yesterday. They lost. Right. Did the players seem as upset as they was when they not lost a, to not the Not at Raymond? all. Not because they fought. Not even just that they fought. People got their numbers. Yeah. Garrett got eight for one sixty. Yeah. So he was okay. Against us, he didn't do anything. He was mad. So it's like, it seems like these teams, like these players now, as long as they get theirs, the hurting, the losing doesn't hurt as much. You understand what I'm saying? Like, they come, first of all, they coming into the league with names. They haven't played the down in the NFL and they coming into the league with names. Yeah. They're vocal. Elijah Moore asked for a trade. What have you done to go upstairs and ask for a trade? Well, um... You know, it's what we know at the end of the at the end of the day, the Jets are the Jets, right? Yeah. You had they drafted uh Denzel Mims Denzel Mims a few years back. Mm -hmm. He asked for a trade, right? I, it was either I feel like it was in training camp. He had asked for a trade because okay. now you buried on the death chart, yeah. Right? You got Garrett, you got Davis, you got Moore, right? Yeah, Moore. So now you buried and and they use Braxton Berrios. More than than Mims, right? Yeah. So I hear what you're saying, but then I'm also looking at how organizations handle these types of situations. I actually tried to shoot Zach Wilson some bail when when this story first broke about him being benched. We we spoke about um like even with the Lamar situation after the Jacksonville game, how he got on Twitter, cursed out a fan. Yeah. And we talked about that how mature of him. Yeah. That was it very was, immature. Now, was it, was it, we spoke to this too. Was it immature for how Zach Wilson um, replied to a question being asked of if he let his team down against I'm only, New England? I'm, I'm only going to go based off how we perceive the Lamar situation because they both was coming off tough losses. Right. They're in their feelings. The first thing Lamar saw when he went on Twitter was that. But do you not look at it and say one reaction affects the team versus the other doesn't? Because what Zach Wilson said, right, mm -hmm. the reporter specifically asked him, do you think you let your defense down, mm -hmm. right? He said no. Mm -hmm. How does that make the defense feel? Whereas Lamar, he's reacting to something that is attached to him personally. But how does, but how does his bosses receive that information? Because you got to understand, he's still trying to get a contract. Sure. And you're on Twitter telling somebody to, you understand what I'm saying? Right. How does how does Bashadi and them view that? But at the same time, when you all right, so we we, we spoke about this with the fan. If you want to call, if you want to say he was a fan, what the fan said, I saw nothing wrong with it because that's his opinion. Maybe the Ravens should move on from Lamar if they're not going to invest in the if they're gonna if they're gonna put all this money into Lamar, right? Mm -hmm. And you see what they are, 
what they're doing right now by not investing into the offense without giving Lamar the contract yet, then how are they going to look? How are they going to be be able to invest in the offense once all of that money is used up? But see, this is the thing. You see how we receive that? That's how you read it. I read it the same way you read it. Lamar didn't read it that way. You see what I'm saying? He felt as though it was being a shot taken at him. So it's all in who... Well, after the game, for sure. That's I what mean, I'm saying. 100%. So it's all in how you re- receive the information. So you feel when we, when, we, when we look at it in comparison to the, to the Zach Wilson situation, he just, you're just coming off of a, of a tough loss, a brutal loss, where your offense could not move the ball whatsoever. And you're going to ask me directly, am I the sole reason? Do I feel as though I let my defense down? It's but 10 other players on the field. But aren't but but you're the quarterback. You're the leader of this team. And aren't, That's my and, whole point. You see where you're going with that? But with the Why Lamar, Lamar okay. think about him being the leader of the team when he told and that that's, fan to and do that? And that's where we have, have to take a deeper dive into what's really going on at the castle. Mm. We really have to take... Because if you think about it, look at, look at how well he performed in 2019 as the, the unanimous MVP. Mm-hmm. 2020, got off to a good start. Things got, got a little, got, things got a little rocky, mm-hmm. caught COVID. Um, they made the playoffs, beat Tennessee. But even in that Tennessee game, offense, I mean, passing wise, yeah, he didn't do as well as we wanted, as we would liked him, you know, to, to have done. You need a quarterback to do to go to that next level. Buffalo game when they played Buffalo, Buffalo went straight down the yeah. entire game, yeah. and QB contained. Yeah. Right. Last year, opened up. He started well, despite the fact that. Who did he have as far as he lost his running backs? Oh, yeah. He lost his left tackle, mm-hmm. right? You still got Hollywood. You still got – Hollywood was off to a great start. Andrew's off to a great start. Lamar was still playing at a high level. Okay. You look at how he's how he started, right? And then look at how things slowly died or dwindled out because of, because of his, his injury. That doesn't seem to be the story of his career. Every year he starts fast, and then it starts to get rocky, and then it crash lands. But that's why I said it speaks to what's really going on in the castle. See, and a lot so of the stuff. So, what do you think uh, is really going on in the castle? <clears throat> it gets to a point where, offensively, I feel like Greg Roman has reached his peak. Defensive <laughs> defenses are defense. Like you come out when you play, like when you look at divisional games. Yeah, a lot of the times. Teams like Steelers, Browns, Bengals, they know what you're going to do. Yeah. We've seen it. We've seen it before, right? When you're playing these other teams, when you're playing uh, non-divisional, non-conference teams, you could throw something a little different at them. Okay. Um, but then I feel like when you get to the middle of the season, offensively, Greg Roman is going to hit a brick wall. Hit a wall. He's going to hit a brick wall. And now, and speaking back to, I don't want to say Lamar's inability to – uh, to read his progressions as quickly as he should, especially if he's you only might get, you might get a Twitter mention. <laughs> Keep it up. Keep yeah. it up. But look, <laughs> facts are facts. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta speak on it. Yeah. That's what sure. we're here to do. Yeah. We gotta speak on it. So now teams are catching on to the vanilla schemes that you're throwing at him. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We we're seeing Lamar hold on to the ball too long in the pocket. Cause he's trying to prove see what Lamar is doing? He's listening to the outsiders. 
So oh, right now, for to, sure, 100%. He's trying to prove that he's a pocket passer, that he can be that. Touchdown. But even okay. before... 7-3. But even Thanks. before... When you when we look at him last year, mm-hmm. right? Even before... Because you, you got to... Well, you could say last year was a contract year as well because they could have bypassed the fifth-year option. And, and, and gave him a deal. Right. Yeah. So, to me, especially when we get late in the season, it speaks to them hitting a brick wall offensively in terms of the play calling. Now, you know what you get, just like, and we're going to speak on the Jets in a second with Sauce Gardner. You know what you get with a certain player, and you know how you have to protect them in your scheme. scheme. Do you feel as though they're protecting Lamar based off not putting him in positions that they know he can't succeed at? I look at it it like like how, how you would look at a child sometimes. Okay. You want to protect your child, uh-huh. but you don't want to be overbearing. Overbearing. That's okay. how I look at the Ravens and Lamar right now. That's fair. They're That's being fair. a they're being a little overbearing. Like they did the same thing with Flacco. Flacco, Flacco was almost but Flack <laughs> yeah, but even after he got it, he never deserved it. But was Flack That's fair. But in, in terms of his ability to go to the line of scrimmage and call your own number. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we're seeing the same pattern with Lamar. Because they didn't let him do that either, right? No. Yeah. Okay. No. no. Okay. But let's and jump back. Let's, 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 let's jump back to these Jets, though. Oh, man. Let's jump, let's jump back to these Jets. Because we, you know, we, we talk about Zach Wilson. But let's speak to uh, PFF, Pro Football's Focus, number one rated cornerback, Ahmad Sauce, Sauce Gardner. Gardner. Now, we looked at him... Coming out of Cincinnati, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was high on him because okay. of the talent that I saw, right? Right, and not just the teams that they played prior to being in the um, in, in the college playoff when they played at uh, play Alabama, Alabama. Mm-hmm. But I saw a lot of uh, similarities to um, certain corners that I felt he had. The ability to become a shutdown corner in the league. Give me one. Who he reminded you of in college? He gave me. Who did you feel as though his game would translate to in the league? So one of the corners I thought about was um, was was Richard Sherman. Okay. Now, okay. and the reason why I say that is because of his length, his height, and I knew because of what I saw at the combine. When you when you look at Let's just let's let's just you know get straight to it. Gardner doesn't have any hips. No, he doesn't. He no doesn't have any. Move. He he has no hips. No. So I'm looking at him and I'm going. Some of these receivers, the Tyreek Hills, the Waddles, they're gonna eat him alive if he's in man coverage. But you and know what else to that though, Justin? We got a lot of big receivers that can run now. DKs, the Jamals. The T. Higgins. But I'm specifically talking about the receivers in his division, right? Okay. So, but you're absolutely right. He can't guard. He can't guard anything in Miami. No. He can't guard anything man in Miami. No. I mean, he might guard Gusecki. Yeah, we've seen him on tight ends before. Yeah. But but let's talk about why why is he being talked about so much and being put on a pedestal already? Social media. What else? Social media. Um... 
I believe it's social media because you're coming into the league with a following. You're coming into the league with a name now. You know what I mean? Social media runs the world, whether we want to admit it or not. That's well, how, where we but at why, But why is that name become so... Why Why has his name become so relevant? Media. His name was with, media but, but But do the refs pay attention to that? Yes. Because he's made a name with the refs. Yes. Where you go back and you look at these games and yes. you go, hold on. These refs have social media. These refs... You understand what I'm saying? They they they're saying what's being said about these ten, these these players in the draft and all of that. But even when the numbers speak for themselves, all right. Let's 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 break down some of these numbers, okay. right? Sauce Gardner is rated the Pro Football Focus number one corner in the league, and we're going we're going to look at the metrics of Pro Football Focus in a minute, right? Right. But when we <laughs> you look at the teams that the Jets have played, right? Okay. And you see social media posts about. Yeah, look at the receivers he's gone up against and shut down, right? Yeah. Let's look at some of these numbers. Yeah. Week one, they played the Ravens. I went to that game. Mm -hmm. Who was he guarding? Mark Andrews. A lot. Why? Initially, before I get to that point, initially, because you can put a DJ Reed on, uh, on Bateman, right? Mm -hmm. You could put a Carter on... Duvernay, even though Duvernay cooked him for two TDs, yeah. you're going to put your most lengthy and agile corner on our best receiver, who happens to be a tight end. Okay. So I understood that, right? You I understood, understood that, that game plan. I understood that game plan. Okay. But let's jump to week two, okay. right? Oh, Saw shut down Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper had nine catches, 10 targets, 101 yards, and a touchdown. But what they're going to say is none of that happened on him. Week three. <laughs> uh, we saw him covering Jamal Chase quite a few times. Yeah. He, and if you go back and look at even some of the footage that was posted. As him and, shutting him down. Shut, nah. Nah. He's he holding. He's holding. He's, he's grabbing. He doesn't trust his arms. technique. No. He doesn't trust now, his speed. In that game, Chase did only have six for 29. Mm -hmm. He did have a touchdown. Higgins, on the other hand, had five for 93 on seven targets. Mm -hmm. We jumped to week four, right? They played the Steelers. Okay. I think Kenny Pickett was getting his first action of the season. Did he start that game, Pickett? He didn't start. He, uh, he, he came he in. He replaced right. uh, Trubisky. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, we know what Deontay Johnson is, right? He's not a number one. Deontay had two for 11 on four targets, but George Pickens had six for 102 right. on eight the big, targets. The big, the big dog. Right. Yeah. But again, the receivers that I'm I'm naming are mm -hmm. receivers that they said saw shut down. Specifically. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 jump the let's jump to week five. All they right. played the Dolphins. Yeah. Dolphins had their third string quarterback in. And everybody went crazy. Sauce got his his first pick that game, right? Mm -hmm. But again, third string quarterback. Tyreek Hill had seven for 47 on seven targets. Waddle had three for 23 on four targets. Yeah, but again, they were playing with their third-string third quarterback, string, yeah. right? Um, week six, that's when it was Sauce's quote-unquote breakout game. He had it with three or four pass breakups. They played the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay. But what receivers do Green Bay have? Huh. Do you think he would have been guarding Devontae? Absolutely not. Who would have had him, DJ? Most likely. So who's the number one corner there? We're going to speak on that. Lazar had 
four for 76 and a touchdown on nine targets, and we've seen sauce on him the majority of that game, right? Okay. And again, these are receivers that they said saw shut down. Mm-hmm. Week seven, they played the Broncos. They had their third string or sec- second string second quarterback, string. right? Yeah, second string. Judy had seven for 96 on 11 targets. Sauce did cover Sutton a lot that game. Sutton only had three for 23 on nine targets, right? Okay. Week nine. Sutton isn't a burner either. No. He's a possession receiver. He's a, he's probably the receiver you would more than likely Put see somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's why, to, before, I, before I stop you, um, you said he reminded you of Richard Sherman. Right. He reminded me of a smaller Brandon Browner. Speak on it. He has no hips. Whenever the ball is thrown in his direction, one-on-one, you can get a penalty every time. And what did Brandon Browner do when he wasn't guarding receivers? He was guarding tight ends. And they ran a, they ran a zone scheme. And the reason why I say he he's more like, like he's, he reminds me of Richard Sherman is because, for one, Robert Sala is a great defensive mind. He has a great def- he has a great defense this year, right? Mm-hmm. Safeties are still a little suspect, but that that front seven tough. Front seven is tough, yeah, and DJ Reed tough. is playing at a very high level. He's probably playing the best he's ever played in his career. I agree, right? Week nine, mm-hmm. they played the Buffalo Bills. Okay, Stephon first play of the game, first first offensive play for Buffalo. What Stutter happens? Stud and go. Stud and go. Beat him. Sauce was on him, right? Cover two. We ain't seeing more digs the rest of the game. No. So Mm-mm. they move. Robert Sala being a great defensive minor he is, he's hiding sauce yeah. in his defense. So that's that's what I was waiting for you to get to. Because my thing is when you're a number one corner, you're supposed to get that number one assignment every week. Every week. Every week. I don't care what uh, I don't care what defense we running on the other side. But this is why I give him the Richard Sherman tag. Because we look at defensive na- defenses now. Mm-hmm. 70% of the seventy percent of defense is played in what? Man. No, zone. Zone. Well, zone. yeah, yeah, in the, in the zone. league. Yeah, it's playing league. 70% of defenses are running zone, zone coverages, yeah. right? So Because there's so many receivers. That goes back to what we was talking about with New England. It's so many dugs all around. You can't play man if you don't have two, you know what I mean, decent corners. Right. Because somebody's going to, in, in man coverage, somebody's going to get exposed. Richard Sherman was probably one of the greatest cover three corners we've ever the, seen. He was the greatest. The greatest. <laughs> he was the greatest. And then you got to think of who he had behind him. You had, you got you got L.O.B. Yeah. You got Thomas. Yeah. You got Chancellor. Then you had your boy on the other side yeah. of him. Beating people up. That's all he did. <laughs> That's all Brandon Brown did. But then, Home going calls. back to it, how is Sauce the number one rated corner and being deemed the best corner in the league if we look at the numbers, he's not even the best corner on, on his, his team. team. That's a media, That's why I say that's media driven. That's media driven. But but what does it speak to about pro football focus? Because we we talk about it all the time. How yeah. are these players getting these grades? What metrics what are metrics they using? Are they? Yeah, I, so let's dive into it. Okay. Let's dive into the metrics of pro football focus. Okay. Pro football focus says that um, they grade based on. Um, the metric of twos. A player has the ability to, um, the highest grade he can get per play is a two. Yeah. A plus two, and the lowest they can get is a minus two, two, right? Um, They specifically said that we aren't grading players based on the yardage they rack up 
or the stats they collect. Statistics can be indicative of performance, but don't tell the whole story and can often lie badly. Quarterbacks can throw the ball straight to defenders, but if the ball is dropped, you won't see it on the stat sheet. It goes back to uh, what I was saying about Lamar being uh, pro football focused, highest rated quarterback against the Jaguars against the because Jag. he had a lot of drops, right? Yeah. Um, they also spoke how <laughs> quarterbacks can dump off the ball on a sequence of screen passes and end up with gaudy looking stat line if those skill position players do enough work after the catch. Right. That speaks to the offense. Okay. But what about the defense? Right. right. Because what they don't indicate is if a player is in zone coverage and the quarterback decides not to go to your side of the field, does that indicate that you are playing exceptionally well in your zone? Or is it more... Maybe the play wasn't even designed the, to go there. It, that's where I was going with it. Yeah. So now you're receiving a good grade for playing a zone coverage where the quarterback wasn't even wasn't looking even, to your side of the field. He had no plans on coming over that way. Even, even in man defense, right? Yeah. Sauce is one of the highest rated corners in man coverage. Does penalties affect his grade? That's what the question I was getting ready to ask you. Does the now we seen we seen this game. We we watched the game against Minnesota. Yeah. Right? He was doing a lot of grabbing and he got called for a few penalties, and people are starting to see he's very, very handsy in his coverages. But if you but if you pay attention to what's been happening over the past few weeks. Social media, the media has been saying that. So now you see the refs are looking for it more now compared to the beginning of the season when he was bonafide five. But what happened to the other side of the media who was saying that, who was driving the point home that, oh, no, he's the best corner in the league. What happened to that? Are they still here? Once he has a game where he get a couple breakups. But even, even I was surprised. Even Darrell Revis came out and said, nah, this dude, he it. Revis, <laughs> Revis, you know he, you know he's a jet for life. You know he's a jet for life. He won that ring with us, but you know he's a jet for life. He's not gonna bad mouth that. He's not gonna bad mouth that, but he knows Sauce won't be a Revis. It won't be no God in the island. But why the hype? It's media driven, Justin. But from him, PFF, why is it is it is it a is it a point of relevancy? Like why the why the hype? PFF can make a stat that can make any player look like the best at their position. For sure. But I need I, I need more I need more information because I understand it from an offensive standpoint. As far as the metrics, that's what you. As far as about. the metrics, how would they grade in? But how are they grading defensively? Corners, these defensive if, players, if the play isn't nowhere near you, right? How are they grading it if you're they, in man defense? Do you defense? think they're grading based off what you're supposed to do on that given play and that's given? But how? But how? Would, but how would they know what you're supposed to do? We spoke. We spoke about this all the time mm-hmm. about how Bill Belichick can make rookie or second year quarterbacks look crazy because of because of the defense the that he runs, the movements. Yeah. He can have Bill Belichick, yeah. the corners that he that 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 New England has had throughout mm-hmm. their history. Going back to uh, Revis, his time there, to uh, Gilmore, to Ty Law, Ty Law Asante ha- Samuel. Having the, yeah. Asante Samuel, having yeah. the ability to give them uh, the assignment 
of being in man coverage on this side of the field and running a whole different and running a zone on the on, the, on the other side of the but field. But you know what that count? That that's intellect. Absolutely, that's player intellect. That's IQ. But getting back to the point, how would PFF know what exactly a defense is doing? Hopefully, they'll tell us because we've been trying to figure this out for weeks now. Like and seriously, I, and I, I don't, I don't understand it. Do they do? How do they grade players? If do they grade play? If if we know somebody like a Sauce Gardner, mm-hmm. where we can blatantly see him holding, yeah. extending his arms yeah. to keep up. With a receiver, yeah, are they grading? Are they giving him a positive grade if the ball isn't caught? Yeah, yeah, and the penalty isn't thrown. Yeah, they have to. That's the only way to justify his rankings. That's the only way to justify his rankings. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. PFF, if you're listening, we need a little bit more information. Just shoot us an email, like, please. Like we need. You see, like, <laughs> hey, adjusting the wheel at gmail.com, please. <laughs> please. We need, we need, a, we need a little bit more information. But it's speaking, oh, yeah, it was speaking on a little bit more information. Okay. You feel like we need a little bit more information with this Jerry Jones situation? Oh, man. I want to know, I want to know what's going on with that. I want to know what's going on with that because they're saying that it shouldn't matter because he was 14. But we know what 14-year-old in our society, how you're trialed and how you're judged. For you're sure. judged to know what you did, right or wrong. You get trialed as an adult at 14. But why is it that, and I, I, I'm going to tiptoe around this a little bit because to me, I already know what it is. Okay. But we haven't heard anything. Like, we, it was what? Friday of last week, maybe. And where, the sad where, thing about that is, this isn't the first time that pictures came out. Right, it came out like last year, right? Was or it early, year early this year? Last? Early this year. Yeah, it was. Early. It was some. We seen that picture before, right? And you didn't hear anything about it then. But but speak to how it affects. It affects players, especially players that are employed by him, and how it affects. When things are being spoken about, when a player does something, mm-hmm. as opposed to someone of his stature, being a powerful individual, such such you yeah, know, yeah, because you know he sent the letter to the, 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 the to the league office. I'm sure. I'm sure. If I hear my name come I'm across sure. any airways, I'm shutting y'all down. ESPN spoke on it. First take, they spoke on it. A lot of people have spoke on it when they first. What was that Thursday of last week, Friday? They spoke on it that morning, but they spoke on it, what, six, seven o'clock in the morning? Yeah. And it hasn't been touched since. And I waited, I waited for a specific show, Undisputed. Cause Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless boy. is a diehard Cowboys fan. He wrote books about this man. He will tell you he know him probably better than some of his family know Jerry Jones. Right. Why hasn't he touched that at all? I saw, uh, I guess, reporters ask uh, Dak Prescott about it. And Dak, you know, he, he pushed back and said, well, that's something you got to ask Jerry, right? What else did we, he say? We, we also, you said, what else did he what say? What else did he say? That's the part I focused on because I know what Dak did when all of the 
social injustice movement was right, going let me, on? Let me tell you what he said. This is not verbatim, but this is the just of what he said. That was so long ago. Look at what he's done since then. And my question is, what has he done for this community that we're speaking on since then? Yeah. All he did was what? Because he put he made he made black people millionaires, which benefited his cause. You understand what I'm saying? It wasn't like he went out here and said, oh, hey, I'm doing this for y'all community to show that I denounced that because someone asked him to denounce it. He's been interviewed multiple times since he hasn't denounced it. Really? I, I haven't seen him in front of a camera. Oh, yeah. He's been in front of the camera twice, maybe three times. He had a you know, he do a radio show. He spoke okay. on LeBron. He never denounced it. After the game against the Colts, he never denounced it. If this was a player of Al, of Al complexion, it would be questioned every time he gets in front of a microphone. He would be questioned about that until he comes out and says what they want to hear. Does it speak? Does it speak to? Does it speak to his power, or does it speak to the power of the league? Now we know that Jerry Jones, in my opinion, is the face of the of the of the of the owners. So does this speak to does this speak to him and his agenda or does it speak to the owners as a whole? It speaks to society, in my opinion. Speak on it. We're the only community that, in my opinion, we lack a backbone. The reason why I say that is we get handled any kind of way. And they know, oh, we just give them some money. They'll be quiet. Don't say nothing about it. They'll leave it alone. You understand what I'm saying? We're not consistent. When that Kyrie situation happened, the Jewish community was consistent. They made sure that things changed before he got to do anything he wanted to do. Can we agree to that? Sure. He got antagonized. What he called it? He got dehumanized. You understand what I'm saying? Jerry Jones, it's, oh man, that was 65 years ago. No, you definitely got a point. Cause I mean, even when you look at, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, why isn't Amazon being held accountable? And oh, Amazon came out and said, they not taking it all. Oh yeah, I saw it. Do you hear uproar about that? Haven't heard a word. Before, but, before Jay Williams mentioned Amazon, did you hear anybody saying anything about Jeff Bezos? No, no. You see the difference. But the president of Amazon came out and said, "You and know, he's Jewish. These these issues, the, the, a lot of these documentaries contain a lot of information, that even though it may be sensitive. Some some, exactly. And, yeah. But why is it that now you go back to the you you said something about us lacking a backbone, yeah. right? Uh, us out the the African American community, community right? Yes. But then it also speaks to. I think I think we spoke about this before. Players, right? Mm -hmm. And you you kind of alluded to it earlier. A lot of players are coming into the league mm -hmm. with names and agendas. Yeah, they're here. Maybe not necessarily to win. Yeah, but to get their money. Yeah. So when you look at maybe why certain players in the league aren't saying anything, it's because they don't want that to affect their money. What about the ones that have money, like? Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. But I'm saying they, they haven't they haven't even been asked about it. 
Well, that's media. If if he it speaks to the power and the control that they have over media. So okay, so what's the difference when it comes to the media and the NFL and the NBA? This is a football podcast, but this is relevant to the topic. Well, what is when the you have the media, for one, you have less players, right? Okay. So you're gonna have more players who become a focal point, like okay. a LeBron. LeBron, okay. you look at who he is mm -hmm. and the platform he has. So why didn't they ask him? We know why. No, I, I mean, we know why, but this is for our, we our know listeners. Why? why? The control of the media. And even after that, that's when they started talking about once LeBron made a statement, that's when everybody was like, dang, you know what? He's right. But what has changed since his statement? Nothing. You see what I'm, but do you see what I'm saying? As far as our community, nobody's saying anything anymore. Once, once, once LeBron said that, that been it. They talked about it for a couple days after, leading into the football the weekend. So, and you haven't heard anything else. So, so here, here's a point of emphasis. Where okay. where do we go from here? Because we look at we look at the the situation in D.C. Mm -hmm. Right? They trying to get Snyder up out of here. It Jay, never happened. Jay-Z has come forth. I'm interested. Even, even Diddy in the past, I think he was interested in Carolina. He won't be the only he won't be the only in him first class. Jay-Z not getting in that, that billion boy club. Not by himself. He's not getting in that period. You don't think? No. Not even with No. No? No. First of all, Jeff Bezos, the uproar involving Jerry Jones is from his platform. Right, that's number one, and then you want. So you you don't think they they'll even let Bezos in? I don't think right now. No, no. Due to we due, saw we saw what they did with Trump. Yeah. Right? Due to this, no. Because as as a lot of these owners, they've gotten to a place, they've gotten to this position mm -hmm. without being known by most of the masses. You know. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. people like a. Bezos is known, but he don't make a lot of noise. Right. Trump, he makes a lot of noise, mm -hmm. right? And we saw what happens when they didn't allow him in. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. And when, 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 <laughs> when he was president and all of the social injustice yeah. um, was going on. So but see, one thing about Trump, everything that's going on, he told us. That was one thing about Trump. Speak on it. He spoke. What he, what he said, that's what he meant. You understand what I'm saying? So you, you're you tying that into the, the Bob McNair comments. We and cannot let the, the prisoners yeah. run the asylum. Right. What did Jerry Jones say? My team will toe the line. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's. See, sometimes people don't understand things until you put their feet in those shoes. Right. If somebody but, but, said but the that thing to about you, it, okay, how but, would you receive that? Of course, you wouldn't. You're gonna toe the line. My thing is, but what end up happening in that situation? Oh, he hijacked it. They need once he wanted to. They right. locked arms and need, right. and that was it. Right. That was what after, Jerry wanted after to do. the league converted to giving forth of okay, we're gonna support this. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna support this. But what happened prior to that? <laughs> like, how? What do you then? Didn't, didn't you say certain players would just stay in a locker room? Yeah, and, but, yeah. They had it to where as though if you didn't want to, you know, do the Pledge of Allegiance, you could stay in the locker room, and then once it was over, you could come out. 
Right. Jari said, no. My team will toe the line. Yeah, this is going to lead to a lot of lot of conversation I, and talk. Before you, before because I know we got a lot more to go to, but this is a very touching situation. You understand what I'm saying? Right. It's a very touching situation because it's blatant. It's blatant. Like, it's not being hidden. You understand what I'm saying? It's right here in our face and out the people who's supposed to be our voice, far as me and you, we're not in the league. No. The ones that look like us that's supposed to have our voice, they don't use it. Unless it's to down talk one of their own. So that goes back to what I mean when I say we lack that back. We don't stick together. Well, like I told you before, we have we've always had this crab in a barrel type mentality. Um we're going to make sure that we're taken care of individually. individually. And I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing where we're seeing this thing where players are like, you know what? I got to worry about me and mine. I got to make sure my family's secure. I don't want to say anything or speak on anything where it'll end up affecting my pockets. And so that, how and do it, we change that? Because that has to change if we want to get to where we want to go as a community. More buttons got to be pushed. Who? In this particular situation, yeah, who? Jerry Jones' buttons got to be pushed. He's worth fourteen billion. Who gonna but push the thing, his button? But, and, but that's my point. It got to be enough people to push it. If if players aren't going to say anything, yeah, them buttons not gonna get pushed. And you know, Goodell and the rest of the owners got his back. That they they don't play with that one. No. They don't play with Jerry. They'll play with their own when, when we look at the Dan Snyder situation. Yeah. But they're not gonna touch that. No. One. That's the owner no. that you're not gonna touch. No. One of the biggest markets. This is this is America's team, right? Supposedly. This and is they a, haven't won nothing. This is America's team. They still team. America's team. Oh my goodness. Come on, put up two hands. Put up two hands. That's a touchdown. But it goes to another point. And I feel like we'll end up talking or speaking on next week. Okay. And we see how things are being handled with this particular owner and other owners in terms of contracts and money and how they're dispersing it mm -hmm. and also how they feel about it mm -hmm. with all of this guaranteed money being handed out. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, and we're gonna say this, we're gonna say this for, for, for another time, but okay. we but we we think about how certain players, certain quarterbacks have received fully guaranteed contracts. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about Kurt? Talk about Kurt. We could talk about Aaron. Kurt started that barbecue yeah. business. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but but we're gonna touch on that. We're gonna touch on yeah, that another yeah. time. But yeah, look, man, we ready to wrap up. I think this was a a, a great first episode. Um, All right, before we get out of here, second half. What you thinking? Ten three. Who you taking to win? Saints looking good, man. I mean, like they moving the ball. And they're not allowing Brady to to, to throw downfield. So they got his number. They keeping he's they they're that he's they're they're keeping everything in front of him. They're not allowing him to get over over top of the defense at Do you all. Think he misses Bill. Uh, he didn't want Bruce Arians as his coach. No, he misses Grunk. He misses Grunk. You he think Grunk would change this right now? He missed Grunk. You think he would change? You this got right now? you got Evans and. And, and God went on the outside. He needs a tight end. He needs a tight end. He needs a tight end. He needs yeah. a tight end. Okay. 
But yeah, man, we're gonna wrap this thing up. Um, a lot of great points was made, so um, we got a lot to get to. This is week one for us, so it's a lot more to get to. Oh man, a whole lot, a whole lot of scratching the surface. But look, yeah, we're gonna close this thing out. Um, this is Adjusting the World podcast. We'll see y'all next week.